0: you ready for this that was that was a really good version of that song if you were trying to not infringe on copyright that was just wrong enough and just close enough that people know what you're doing that's why i make the big bucks here on
1: insert movie here the musical welcome yes hi kyle hello sam And Hello, everybody. This is Insert Movie Here, The Musical, a podcast where we take movies that
0: probably shouldn't be musicals, and we do it anyway. Uh, Yeah, we we take a look at structural changes, what the show would look like on stage, what the songs would be, where the songs would be, and then what happens at the end, Sam?
1: At the end, you write a song based on one of the ideas we came up with, and we have some amazingly talented people perform it. Now let's fucking jam. We're gonna jam. (laughs)
0: They did it with hairspray, they did it with do. why not Inception, or maybe The Godfather 2? They did it with Spamalot, and Little Shop, and Groundhog Day, so why not try with Paranormal Activity? Just take any movie, and add in like 10 or 12 songs, so what if Schindler Singing feels, oh so wrong. So what if the flick we pick's a fit a bit unsuitable? We'll make it a Broadway hit, both baffling and beautiful. Just give us an hour, even Deer Hunter is doable. It's insert movie here. The music insert oh! Pick any movie and insert it right here. Yeah. So
1: this is exciting. We're turning Space Jam into a musical. God, there's a lot to unpack. There's a lot to talk about Space Jam. We, we wanted to do a movie that was for kids. We wanted to maybe do a movie that had sports, that was maybe a little animated. And so we came on Space Jam. We, we came on Space the, Jam.
0: We came on Space Jam. <laughs> <laughs> and Space Jam, I think, came on us. Um, so <laughs> for people who have been living under a rock for the last... 30 years, or just haven't seen this movie in a long time, uh, why don't you tell the people what happens in Space Jam?
1: So the movie starts with a young Michael Jordan, like, dreaming and playing basketball, and then we see him grown up, but he's quit basketball, and he's playing baseball now. Meanwhile, (laughs) far across the galaxy, there's a weird alien theme park, and its boss, Mr. Swackhammer, enlists his, like, minion alien things to kidnap the Looney Tunes to make them like part of his theme park to help its ticket sales so the alien minions the nerd Lux try to kidnap the Looney Tunes but the Tunes convince them that they have to beat them at basketball first so the aliens steal the talent of real famous basketball players and the Looney Tunes realize they need help so they get Michael Jordan of course to help them and then there's this basketball game that's like basically two-thirds of the movie and at the end Michael Jordan like, gambles away his freedom in a crazy way, but then they win the basketball game and I guess everything's okay. And he goes back to winning championships for the Chicago Bulls. Cinema! <laughs> Where do we want to start? Really quickly, should we just talk about like <sighs> what, what our relationship as children to Space Jam was? Because that's so important. Like this movie was yes. made for 90s kids to watch while
0: eating their cereal before school. Like <laughs> I remember that like, I saw it in the movie theater, but I don't really remember, like, the context of it. But I do know that I had Space Jam bedding. That's cute. What was on it? It was the Monstars, actually. Yes, it was. Sam, did you, like, jam to this movie? Were you, like... I
1: mean, I am I was the exact
0: target audience for this movie
1: as a kid. I probably watched you it You were the target
0: audience? A- oh,
1: yeah. I was totally the target audience. And I probably watched it, like, once a month for two years... I had, like, the soundtrack. I didn't have sheets. I wasn't willing to bring the jam into my bed. Well, let's... like... (laughs) I wasn't... I wasn't feeling so intimate with the Monstars. You weren't as...
0: You weren't getting in bed with the Monstars.
1: No. Um, But I also have, like... I don't really remember ever watching it. What I really remember is, like, playing it. Like, I remember... I Playing it? Tell me more about that. (laughs)
0: Like, I have this memory of, like... You didn't watch Space Jam. You lived it.
1: (laughs) I was the jam. Um, No, I have this, like, memory of, like, going over to some other little boy's apartment in our apartment complex. It was, like, a play date because we lived near each other, but we didn't really, like, know anything or about each other. And it was really awkward. And he was just like, can I put on the Space Jam song? And I was like, yeah. And for, like, hours, we just listened to the Space Jam song on repeat and ran around his house pretending to dunk. Ah, childhood. So... Here are a couple thoughts I had about Space Jam that I want to just, like, unpack. I'm just going to read. I wrote these three statements down, and I want us to—we can unpack them one by one. We can do whatever. Great. Number one, Space Jam is a movie that explains the only failed years of Michael Jordan's career away— by claiming he was too busy saving the Looney Tunes from aliens to be good at baseball. <laughs> yes, I wanted to talk to you about that. Yeah, Michael Jordan was not very good at it. He never reached the majors. He was really bad in the minors. And then he went back to basketball. And this movie was made, I believe, a year or so after he had returned to basketball.
0: Well, it, yeah, it plays like a an origin story for his return <laughs> to the Chicago Bulls, right? Yeah. Okay, here are my other two statements.
1: Two... Space Jam, intentionally or not, is a metaphor for the way NBA owners and sort of pop culture at large commodifies and capitalizes off the talent of black men, right? (laughs) Yes. I think if Space Jam came out today and tried a little harder, it actually could have been like a kind of like Zootopia-esque attempt to talk about these issues. Yeah, I I think so too. And instead it kind of just like shows like a quick clip where maybe they talk about it, but like... There's no sort of weight to well, what Michael Jordan is risking. There's no sort of weight to what these men are giving up, and it's yeah, a little bit of a. It bummer. has a
0: little bit of the feeling that the whole like alien stealing the talent uh, doesn't feel fleshed up out, out enough that I'm. I don't know if I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt for like coming up with something, but the the that sequence of Michael in chains and and like signing autographs and like really being like part, a cog in this wheel that has the vibe of of feeling like something that like maybe michael jordan suggested just as a little bit of shade right but maybe not but it, it feels that way right cool because there's
1: this whole thing about how these athletes primarily black men like their talents make them some money but make primarily white men huge amounts of money
0: yes Um, Uh, Mr. Swackhammer is a sort of typical, uh, cigar chomping, uh, a stereotype of what a sort of, uh, team manager might look like. Capitalist owner would be like, yeah. Um, and so I do sort of wish Space
1: Jam had a little more of that Zootopia were bringing up a pretty specific, uh, social issue in a way that young kids will learn and connect and grow from. Zootopia, the scariest movie of 2015. (laughs) So here's my last statement about Space Jam. And I think this is really Um, real. I think this is worth talking about too. I think Space Jam is the grandfather movie of all Marvel movies. Yes. It's branding. It's just a movie that the, the entire point of it is to have massive intellectual properties like clashing into each other. Yes. As the sort of main event where plot, character, development, and none of those are the main events. The events are Bugs Bunny, Michael Jordan clashing on screen.
0: And it was clearly very successful. I mean, I, had, I, I I went to sleep on Space Jam every night. <laughs> so. so should we talk about it as a musical? Are you ready? Yeah, we should. Let's
1: do it. Usually here we'd ask, like, what is in our mission? But before we do that, can I just ask, is our second act literally just the basketball game? I, uh, I think the game is most of the second act. That's what I'll say. <laughs> Because there's actually a lot of like numbers in the game. There's a lot of moments. There's a lot of beats oh yeah 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 the yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah There's it's a lot of moments like... in the
0: game. As we said, the game takes up 40 minutes of an 80 minute long movie. Um, <laughs> now, here's the thing, though. Something that I think is unsuccessful in Space Jam, and I think something that and like again, who cares? People have been watching this thing forever. It scratches that nostalgia spot for like 90s kids, and like, who am I to take that away from them? But we're turning it into a musical, so like. I feel like there's a lot of th- of sort of missed story opportunities. For instance, Michael Jordan, like, shows up in Looney Tune land, and, like, they don't really drive home this point that, like, he is, like, I don't play basketball anymore. They, like, kind of throw it in there, but, like, it feels like if if there's a stronger sort of I don't play basketball anymore, and the yes. Looney Tunes are, like, you don't understand, you have to help us, and then, like, there's, like, a refusal of the call moment. <laughs> He, yes. he refuses the call, and then two seconds later in the movie is like, all right, let's play basketball. That needs to be stretched out, right? Right. I just want to really quickly note, because
1: what happens in the movie, at, at some point in time, the monsters hurt Tweety Bird, I think, and he holds Tweety Bird in his hands and, like, decides to play for them. Yes. Tweety Bird says, my which Wittekwaneum. <laughs> and I, I wrote down Michael's decision to defend Tweety is the character-defining
0: moment of the 1900s. Can I tell you a batshit idea I had that was before I rewatched Space Jam? You're gonna like, you're gonna be like, this is fucking nuts. Yeah. So initially, when we were doing Space Jam, I was like, all right, we're turning Space Jam into a musical. I'm going to see a musical. I don't wanna see a musical about basketball. Not interested in it. I don't wanna see it. I don't wanna do it. I don't wanna see it. So I was like, all right, what if we take the idea of Space Jam? And instead of it being a basketball game, it's like they have to do a musical and the Looney Tunes go and get Audra McDonald. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I actually think that's really
1: funny, but, but I don't feel prepared to do it off
0: the top of my head. <laughs> Space Jam is about basketball, is yes. what I learned watching Space Jam again. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, I feel like there's one other big question we need to address before we move on in terms of turning this into a musical, and it's, uh, how are we oh. doing this? Uh,
0: yeah, that's <laughs> a good question. percent <laughs> of the characters are animated. <laughs> um... Yeah, um, do you have any
1: ideas? Well, I've got a couple ideas. I mean I mean the obvious one, right, is like puppets, right? There
0: there is an option where like we treat this as like a sort of sacred nineties text. And we do <laughs> it sort of a la Julie Tamor with Lion like King. very sort of Lion Kingy puppets.
1: Where they're like and beautiful Bug-
0: and creative. Yes. And-, and like Bugs Bunny and the Tasmanian Devil are like they, they, they achieve the sort of uh, design of like ancient, very textured beings. Does that make sense? <laughs> sure. <laughs> what's, what's the other puppet version? Well, the other puppet version is this, but they're not that and they're like... They're just like goofy Muppet, like replicas of Bugs Bunny. Yeah, that's more sort of like an Avenue Q thing. Yeah. I think probably... Av- <sighs> is it boring if it's like Avenue Q style? I feel like that's probably their way to
1: go. I think it kind of has to be, because no one wants to see an artsy bugs bunny.
0: No, no one wants that. Unless we treat this <laughs> as a sort of like Sacred Text. Sacred text and like origin story of sort of like a Mr. Burns explanation of <laughs> the 90s. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> I do know Like what you mean. in the beginning there was the jam. <laughs> you are trying
1: so desperately to make Space Jam about anything but basketball, and it's about basketball, Kyle. It's about basketball. Space Jam's is about basketball. I don't know what to say to you. It's about basketball
0: and other stuff, but mostly basketball. All right. All right. Let's just get into it. Yeah.
1: So, curtain up, lights up. It's... A young Michael Jordan at, like, eight or nine, standing in front of, like, a beautiful, starry Midwestern Mm night with, like, a old basketball hoop and ball, dreaming about being a player. A basketball player. (laughs) (laughs) Dreaming about being a basketball player. Um, And he probably wants to sing here, right? Like, before we get into the opening number.
0: I have a pretty good idea here, I feel like.
1: So I think really what we have to do, and Kyle, this is on you. You have to write a better song than I Believe I Can Fly <laughs> <laughs> that, you, that the opening notes play and someone has to say, oh God, I, I know that they can't use I Believe I Can Fly, but I wish they were using it. But by the time Michael starts singing, they're like, I Believe I Can what? This song is 10 times better. <laughs> so that's on you,
0: Kyle. This scene is his dad comes out and he's like, you got to come inside. Come on. It's really late, kid. And Michael says, uh, just one more shot. And so he lets him take another sh- another shot and he makes it. I feel like what if the opening number is this song called Just One More Shot, where he's like singing about his dreams and like making one shot after the other. And he never stops making shots until he stops <laughs> playing basketball. So effectively, the opening number takes us through the evolution of Michael Jordan sort of in the way that Space Jam the song does in the movie.
1: Yeah. Do you like that more than just, like, him taking his shots and his dad's like, you're wasting your time, you're never going to be an NBA player, do something good with your life, you're wasting your time, goes inside, and Michael's like, he'll see. One day, he'll see. He shoots nothing but net. We smash cut into he's a, a huge star, and it's like Space Jam.
0: I just feel like, listen, this is what I feel. The Space Jam song fucks so hard. <laughs> it fucks but harder than You only want to any- play it once? You only want to play it
1: once? Kyle. No, this I want to play so it a hard. million
0: times, but I want to make people... I want to make people d- drool for it. <laughs> okay,
1: fine. Come on, let's do it. Okay, so the opening number is called... One More Shot. And it's all about how he wants to be an NBA player
0: and his dad disapproves, but he is excelling. And maybe it like goes through his life while he's like making shots. So it's like, he's
1: studying for the SATs and he makes a shot. He's getting married. He makes a shot. He's...
0: Yes. Uh, he never his stops. His wife is
1: in labor and he's making shots. Yes.
0: <laughs> the whole time.
1: And then he's out of the free throw. He's again, we're taking liberties with the life of a real man, but he's at the free throw line. He's about to take a shot to win the championship. When he gets a call, his dad has died. Yes. Michael Jordan shoots,
0: misses Misses. the shot. And says, I'm done playing basketball. I'm done playing basketball.
1: You you, you know how how in Frozen 2, you hear like the echoes of the like, ah, in the background. I feel like we need to have like Michael Jordan in silence hearing the echoes of Space Jam far away. (laughs) (laughs) Now everybody
0: get up. He's like, yes. What's that noise? Everybody get up, 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 up. <laughs> I want to say one thing, too. I know when Space Jam, I want you to trust me on this. I know when Space Jam's coming, it's going to blow people's minds, and I just need you to trust me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Moron Mountain. So uh, you got any ideas here? So
1: they go to Moron Mountain, which is the amusement park in space owned by Mr.
0: Swackhammer. Mr. Swackhammer. Swackhammer. Where, voiced by Danny DeVito.
1: Where uh, ticket sales are down, and he asks his think tank of pathetic little alien things called Nerd Lux, yeah, what they should do. And they, they come up with the idea to go capture the Looney Tunes. And I think at one point in time, Mr. Swackhammer says, We need something nutty,
0: wacky, and loony. Maybe this begins on Moron Mountain and then turns into sort of them going around trying to figure out what IP they should. Oh, and this is a good way to um,
1: bring in the 90s. We can have them sort of like going through 90s IP trying to figure out
0: who they're going to steal. They could try to abduct Xenon, girl of the 21st century. Maybe she lives right next door. (laughs) They could try to steal the Rugrats. The Rugrats, definitely. Um, the the Spice Girls. Oh, that's great. Uh, the cast of Boy Meets World. The cast of The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. So we're literally gonna spend, as Broadway producers, $40 million
1: on this one song to get the likeness of all of these characters. Oh, but that's so (laughs) funny, because then you get the aliens doing, at an NSYNC concert, and you get the aliens, like... Yeah. And it ends with them being like, I know, we need something
0: loony. Loony. Now, are we going back to Michael Jordan or are we going to uh, the the nerd lux go to Bugs Bunny Land?
1: Um, We could do either. I do, again, think we want to establish that MJ is a Looney Tunes stan at some point. Yes, I think so too. (laughs) So do you want to go to MJ watching Looney Tunes of his kids or something?
0: Yeah. Oh, I did write down, (laughs) I wrote down a potential idea for a song that was like, Daddy sucks at baseball. (laughs) We can do that. So maybe this is him like trying to play with his kids and he's really bad at everything except for basketball. <laughs> and maybe that's part, of, oh, this is what it is.
1: It's, he's wandering around. It's his first day of retirement. He's wandering around his house trying to help his family. Like his yeah. son's playing baseball. He tries to help, but he makes a mess of it. His wife's trying to make dinner. He tries to help, but he makes a mess of it. His daughter is making like, A project for school and he ruins it like he just wants to help people but he no one needs his help and so so frustrated he goes to sit with his baby to watch looney tunes and when they turn it on nothing is there yes and then we cut to like the town hall scene which is actually a pretty
0: great sequence in the movie (laughs) um i suppose but here's the thing we haven't introduced bugs bunny yet he needs to have a big entrance
1: well that's his moment this is his
0: moment yeah, but it needs to be like bugs centric. Okay. <laughs> so I think this is a song called "Ain't I a Stinker." <laughs> is that a line from the movie? No, Bugs Bunny says that all the time. Oh. Well, wait, ain't I a stinker? Well, wait, I, I had an idea to make it bug centric for you. you n- other than other than it being a song titled after one of his b- biggest catchphrases. Well, yeah, but I just like, wanted
1: to like up the stakes a little bit. Before we get to the town hall. Because it feels like, you're right. I think Bugs needs a better opening location than a town hall. Yeah. Michael turns on Looney Tunes and Porky runs on. He says to Roadrunner, he's like, we have a problem. No one can find Bugs. Bugs must be in trouble. We cut to an epic, like, Bugs being held hostage, like, (laughs) (laughs) tied to a chair scene where he escapes from the aliens and takes them to the town hall. Called nice stinker. It can be called ain't I a called stinker. It's called a
0: stinker. Yeah. If we
1: put him <laughs> surrounded by the aliens already captured and have to have through classic bugs antics, him get out of his uh, confinement, convince them to come to this town hall, and trick them into this fake rule, like that. That yeah. sets up a lot of bugs lotsy, right? Yeah, I th- I definitely think so. And the song ends with him saying. You, we get to beat you at a competition of our choosing, right?
0: Yes, yes.
1: And then a collection of the smartest people in Looney Tune Land get together to decide yes. what competition they should do.
0: Is this a song or?
1: Um, I don't know. I mean, of course, it could be a list. So I want it to be a song because, like, <laughs> someone says we could be we could have a bowling competition. Someone says we could
0: have a spelling bee. Yeah, but we already did this whole thing with the 90s IP.
1: Yeah, you're right. So they just come up with the idea that because these aliens are small, they're going to
0: beat them at basketball. Now, here's something that I do think is important. This is something that translates perfectly to musical theater. The movie introduces newsreel footage of how basketball (laughs) works. And it does feel a little bit in the movie like there, like maybe there are people in the audience who don't know how basketball works. <clears throat> that would never be more true than in a Broadway theater. <laughs> so I think we might have to do a musical number explaining basketball.
1: And do we lean into the meta-ness of you're at a musical, so you might not know how broad- basketball works? Basketball for Broadway. Yeah, basketball for Broadway. So at this moment... Bugs pulls down a projector uh, surface and
0: says, I know some of you in the audience might be a little confused about the rules of basketball. And all the Looney Tunes and the nerd looks explain basketball (laughs) to the the audience.
1: What if this whole explaining basketball to musical theater lover song reveals that none of the Looney Tunes know how to play basketball? So it's them teaching the game of basketball, but none of it is correct. (laughs) And it's just like kind of like nonsense and like... (laughs) Um, it feels like we got to get back to MJ at some point.
0: (laughs) Well, okay. Here's the thing. Can we get like
1: another number? Here's the thing.
0: Yes. Here's the thing. I'm ready for the Are we keeping this Wayne Knight character and the (laughs) Bill Murray character?
1: I was just thinking that. I don't think we should keep the Wayne Knight character. (laughs) I just
0: don't. I feel like no either. Wayne Knight is his own time capsule of the 90s (laughs) and feels like (laughs) he is completely not If you fed
1: Wayne Knight the VHS of Space Jam and just buried him 60 feet under the ground, he would be the perfect 90s time capsule.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But we want Bill Murray. The Bill Murray part, I think. Yeah, so maybe this
1: scene is he goes to Bill Murray to (laughs) advice.
0: Yeah, like, what should I do?
1: Bill Murray always knows. Yeah. And this could be fun, not to get, like, too crazy, but what if there was, like, a Mama Will Provide-style number about Bill Murray trying (laughs) to help... (laughs) but it's like, Bill Murray will provide.
0: Wait, I love that. I think that's great. So, so we don't really know what to do with Michael Jordan, so we just send him off <laughs> to Bill Murray for advice, and Bill Murray sings, A Mama Will Provide. <laughs> um, and I Not guess like the song musically. is called Better, Better Call be called like,
1: Bill. Better Call Bill. Yeah. And we can lean into the fact that we don't know what to do with Michael. Michael doesn't know what to do with Michael. He's lost. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because the monsters now need to go steal <laughs> the talents of the, the talents of Charles Barkley. And this is this is a crazy scene in the movie. The monsters show up to an NBA game in like a trench coat. They sit next yeah. to Deborah from Everybody Loves Raymond. Yeah, Patricia, what's her name? Eaton. Patricia Eaton. <laughs> they sit next to her. She is like convinced that once again she's gone to a basketball game where the guy next to her is masturbating maybe (laughs) she's like here we are courtside and another perv has masturbated Charles Barkley but it's not it's just aliens who are going to steal Charles Barkley's talent
0: so I mean the obvious thing is like is like a song called like the best players in the world and we just see them like abduct the talents of these people
1: then I don't know do they have this like sort of seductive like Ursula and Little Mermaid song where they're like in a trench coat
0: saying touch my ball or something (laughs) um where where do they do they do this like in the are you saying they go in like are you is there a scene where like it's halftime at the game and like this weird trench coat man goes into the locker room and sings a song called touch my ball to the basketball players i I was
1: imagining it more like the players are sitting on the bench catching their breath in between like being in the game and like from the court side seats behind them they're like Touch my ball. And it's like <laughs> sultry and like I think it would just be like we create this Ursula esque figure with these like puppets <laughs> under a trench coat. <laughs> like and their arms are sticking out all weird. So they're just like touch this ball. Oh Go on, my god, why this is this ball. killing and, me? <laughs> and Charles Barkley is just like I don't understand why I'm touching Everybody this Everybody look
0: up the image of what these nerd look like under the trench coat and then imagine them sitting behind a bunch of basketball players singing a Kurt Veilish seduction song called Touch My Ball. What I'm just saying, because in the movie, they they store
1: the talent of the basketball players in the ball.
0: Yes, yes, I
1: understand. <laughs> no, I know you understand. I'm saying if yeah, someone yeah, hasn't yeah. recently watched Space Jam. <laughs>
0: touch my ball. I think that's really good. I feel like that is good. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's making me laugh. Yeah,
1: and the whole thing has to be like, it has to play on this like sort of like Faustian, what's in it for me, but there's just nothing in it for me, and they just keep being like, touch <laughs> my ball. <laughs> And finally, Charles Barkley and Patrick Ewing and the other basketball players touch the ball. Yes. Because I think what happens here is now the Looney Tunes are practicing basketball. The nerd luck show up and they take out the ball and they become the Monstars,
0: right? Is there any opportunity for a Looney Tunes ballad here? Like before the Monstars show up. Is there any desire of any of the Looney Tunes that we want to set up in the first act so we can create a resolution with it in the second? Wait, what if Tweety is like, he wants to be a starter? Sure. And then he goes in in the scrimmage and gets fucked up.
1: Yeah, okay. So in this, so before the monsters show up, shortly after Touch My Balls, we have a little yeah. scene of them practicing and Tweety <laughs> is like, I want to play. I want to play. Now's my opportunity to shine. Put me in coach. What's the song called? Do you think It's like, what if it's like, just like, put me in, put me
0: in. I want to play.
1: Yeah. I may not be big, but that's okay. Yes. <laughs> yes.
0: I am a bird. But so is Larry.
1: These monsters are small, they're not so scary.
0: Yes. (laughs) And
1: then, the monsters. And then. That's collaboration. If anyone is listening, that's how you collaborate. That's how we write all of our musicals. (laughs) Tweety's so fucking cute. And, like, obviously, Tweety is gonna be, like, the cutest little puppet. Anyway, so then the monsters walk on, it's their turn to practice. They take the aforementioned ball out of the bag. It's glowing like the thing from Return of the King. The Palantir. (laughs) It's glowing like the Palantir. Yes. And the Looney Tunes watch on in horror as they touch it and transform into the Monstars. Because these Monstar puppets are, like, big, right? Oh, 19, 20 feet. Yeah. And, like, I will say, like, this is a lighthearted comedy, but people are going to talk about watching these puppets play basketball the same way they talked about the horses and War Horse. It's an achievement. Yeah, it's
0: gonna be like that.
1: So, they kidnap Michael Jordan. In the movie, they sort of suck him through a golf course hole into Toon Land. Yeah. Is that what we want to (laughs) do? Like, what can happen that gets Michael Jordan on the Looney Tunes basketball court in under 30 seconds? Under 30 seconds? (laughs) (laughs) Like... I want the getting Michael Jordan into the room to happen as long as it takes the automation to bring the set
0: down stage. Oh, wait, 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 wait. I have an amazing idea. He's like, the lights rise on a young Michael Jordan. We start over. No, I have a good idea. Okay, the scene where the Looney Tunes are practicing. Begins with a song with Tweety Bird singing Put Me In on the basketball court. In the middle of that, it turns into a split scene (gasps) on the golf course. And Bill Murray is also singing this song because Bill Murray in the movie is talking about how he wants to be a basketball player. Okay. So So they sing this twin ballad. And then we we've already established that Michael and they're golfing and, that they're golfing, and then immediately after the the Bugs Bunny's like we're gonna need some help. They like figure out a way to like suck Michael down the hole.
1: He is spiraling in place, and we've got great yeah. projections behind him. Or or we have like ooh, or we have like fifty chorus members like in rockette esque costumes, but like with golf. Turf all over them, like, so they're, like, rockets covered yeah. in grass. And they have hula hoops. And Michael is, like, dancing through the hula hoops and it's the golf ball. <laughs> so he is now with the Looney Tunes who explain what is happening. Mm-hmm. He says, I don't play basketball anymore. Yep. Michael Jordan needs to sing a ballad here called I Don't Play Basketball Anymore, Mm -hmm. which I think can be just funny because it can be like this super beautiful I Don't Play Basketball Anymore. Like you don't need to write a single joke in the song. It just needs to be like a really sweet ballad about like not knowing who you are all of a sudden. But we get the Looney Tunes like reacting to it. So like Daphne Duck is sobbing. like, that's so beautiful, Michael. You know what I mean? Like. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. Then we get. We do a training montage where he coaches them because mm-hmm. he says I, I, I won't play but I'll coach. And I think we should call that a, like something like the '90s sports montage. And I think it should totally just be like, y'all ready for this? And like other random things. Like it's not even like really a song. It's, it's a just mega like, mix a, of like 90s. Montage, it's sports songs and like a, and like a training scene where like each Looney Tune gets an antic and a weakness that will turn into a strength.
0: It's like uh, Tasmanian devil is like ripping up the floorboards. Daffy is like slobbering all over the 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 court, and everybody's slipping. Right.
1: Right. Yeah, and all those things will then later become strengths. Yes. Then the monsters come on. They kill Tweety. Tweety dies. We we fridge Tweety. Whoa! Tweety dies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why not? We fridge. That is that the right trope? We fridge Tweety. Yeah, and then Michael sings a triumphant version of "I will play basketball once more." It's right? a kids' Broadway musical,
0: yeah. is what Johnny Finger just asked. Yeah, I take I take my kids to see it. Listen, kids need to face their mortality at an earlier age. That's sort of and what I think. Maybe I'm Tweety thinking. doesn't die. Maybe Tweety like seems like she he dies
1: like in a very like put me and Michael like closes Tweety's eyes and sings like I'll play basketball and like the last thing before act two or act one ends is Tweety opens his eyes and says I knew that would work.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's more Looney Tunes. Yeah.
1: That's it though. That's the whole that's that's the whole ding dang act. Yeah, this act is really
0: long. You're missing a really important introduction that needs to happen. Are we talking about Lola Bunny? Lola Bunny. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Kyle is determined to give every Looney Tune
0: its moment. Lola Bunny is a Space Jam introduced character. Lola does not exist before Space Jam.
1: What <laughs> can't she just be in the training montage? No! she's She's like... <laughs> listen... Kyle is like Justice for Toons, Justice for the loonies. (laughs) Listen,
0: listen, there is no, there are no female characters in this movie, except for Lola Bunny. Lola Bunny needs to be given some sort of arc, and you and I can come up with one. Kyle...
1: We cannot give eight <laughs> different characters in this movie an arc. That is not how musicals work. Yeah, but Lola
0: feels like her own
1: Great. sort of- Then we cut Tweety. I'm, then, I'm sorry, then we cut Tweety and we have Lola sing. Put Me In.
0: No, Tweety's funnier. <laughs> I'm just trying to think. I, can we just like think for a second about Lola Bunny? Yes. yes. Before we are like absolutely What not. we know about Lola Bunny
1: in the Space Jam Cinematic U is she's really hot and really good at basketball. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, does Lola do... Lola's just, like, really good.
1: Yes, none of them do anything. (laughs) I think you just need... I, I honestly think what you need is Lola on stage with the loonies pretty much the whole time, consistently being undervalued and, like, not taken seriously, and then you just need her kicking ass. Yeah. Or we go even better, and people take her seriously from the beginning. There's no conflict to it. There's no resolution to it, but, like we show like a young female Looney Tune who's just great at basketball and everyone knows it. There you go. That's better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. So she has no arc. She's just great at basketball and hot. <laughs> <laughs> As no. John Alvarez, Harris, our producer, pointed out, that's just the movie. Every time we think we fix something in Space Jam, we realize they already did it. They're perfect.
0: Yeah. All right. Uh, you win Space Jam. Uh, all right. Moving on. <laughs> okay. So Act Two starts. I think you
1: had the like idea of it being like newscasters being like a horrible pandemic is sweeping across the National Basketball Association, yes. where players. Lose, they say something, they say players uh, th- have a devastating, it has a devastating effect on hand-eye coordination. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then this basically becomes the Basketball Jones montage in the movie, right?
1: Right, and I think it wants to be like the five of them in a sort of like barbershop, tight harmony, like woe is me number. Oh, I
0: like that. Where they're
1: like throwing, where they're practicing together and the basketballs keep hitting each other in the face. And then they go to therapy together and then they go to see a psychic together. Like all of that happens, Yeah, right? yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. I like the barbershop thing. What's it called? What's it called?
1: A devastating effect on our hand-eye coordination.
0: <laughs> yes, I love that. Wait, really? Yeah, why not?
1: <laughs> sure, a devastating effect on hand-eye coordination. And I do think, like, something that would help in terms of casting is, like, I think the five actors who play the nerd Lux... Yeah. ...should also play these five actors and should also
0: play the Monstars. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a really good idea.
1: Which will make the, the which will make the staging of "Touch My Ball" even funnier because the actors will be outside of the trench coat, and all of their hands with the puppets will be jammed. Yes, into the yes, trench coat, yes, 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 yes. singing to each other. That's
0: great. <laughs> okay, so where do we go after this number? Do we just go to the game? I think so. Like, I think we've. I think we've sort of. Quote-unquote, teed everything up. So we cut straight to the game. Now, I think what happens with the game here is I I didn't see the Rocky musical, but I heard something happened. I think the stage, I think the, the Broadway theater morphs into a fucking basketball court.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Right? 100%. Yeah, we've got the budget for it. If we can afford the Looney Tunes, Michael Jordan's Life rights, and all those other 90 icons, yeah. we have the budget to transform a stage into a basketball court.
0: The seating splits, uh, the stage goes out, and maybe sti- Maybe
1: even the Broadway theater launches like a rocket ship and lands in Madison Square Garden.
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> One of the things I would love that could maybe be a, either a song or a great way to cover the time it takes for the stage to transform um, is just the players being introduced. Because that shit's really funny in the movie. (laughs) It's just like, Bugs Bunny, the Doctor of Delights, the bunny we all beg for, Bugs Bunny! And I just think we need that for each of the characters. And it's gotta be like... (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. that's great. Is that a number or just like, that's what we're hearing while the stage is being transformed? I think just what we're hearing.
0: Yeah, and then I think the what's the vibe? Because a lot of the sort of plot stuff happens in the second half of the basketball the In the locker room and in the second half of the game and it's uh, it's Right, well I think what happens
1: here is we get the first half in one number and it's horrible. It's just like them being destroyed by the Monstars and that just needs to be a number. Yeah. What do you think? (laughs) I mean it just feels like it wants to be like a really loud aggressive, like we haven't done, the Monstars haven't sung since they're the monsters. so maybe it's just a we are the Monstars like number
0: um it's just a song called uh we're gonna we're gonna
1: (laughs) (laughs) fuck you up up. (laughs) and it is a kids musical We're, we're teaching the kids valuable lessons like the word fuck no i think what it's just like we are the monsters and it's just like them like
0: dunking on everyone i feel like it should be really graphic how they're just like demolishing the looney tunes like graphic how like Like one puppet
1: steps on a Looney Tunes puppet and we actually have like real blood splatter.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The scene where the little mouse comes up and is like, I'm Timmy, I'm the little mouse. Oh, I I love to play basketball. I don't really know how to play basketball, but I love playing basketball. And they just smush him is the best part of Space Jam. Yes, agreed. Yeah. The Looney Tunes that we can afford to lose, like Foghorn Leghorn. They get, like, ripped up and feasted on. Yeah, (laughs) I think it's, like, really intense. They, like, rip apart Yosemite (laughs) Sam and Pepe Le Pew and, like, throw him into the audience. This is really dark. I don't, I feel upset. (laughs) What? You don't think this is good? (laughs) It's kind of
1: scary, but sure. Yeah, why not? A bloody I feel like
0: it's important to sort of see that they get, like, really demolished. And there are stakes to it. There's six to it.
1: (laughs) Okay, fine. Anyway, that gets us to halftime. Spirits are low. Lola's general excellence couldn't do anything to save them. So I think it needs to be like Michael starts to sing this like pretty inspiring song about like all you need to do is believe in yourself and you can overcome things. And the audience is watching it being like this is going to be like a three-minute number and at the end it's going to work and they're going to win. Yeah, but there's sort of like a a uh, uh, record scratching like sort of like transition where Bugs comes in, dresses like a traveling salesman, and sings a sort of like music man esque. Let me sell you Correlli's
0: se-. miracle elixir.
1: <laughs> yeah, or that. Yeah, but he sings yes. like I've got the secret stuff. This is how you win. Take a little sip of Michael's secret stuff, and you're gonna win. And like the song goes yeah. back and forth between like Michael trying to be like, No, you just have to believe in yourself, and in a pretty way. And Bugs sort of like taking over and selling this secret stuff and at the end he wins
0: and they all take the secret stuff great and then what song do we do now sam Uh,
1: it's jam time each of them sips michael's secret stuff space Mm -hmm. jam starts and they all start flexing and getting bigger and getting pumped And they run onto the court, and there's, like, a four-minute sequence of them now just demolishing the Monstars to Space Jam. Yeah. And it's like,
0: wave your hands in the air if you feel fine.
1: And all of the things we saw about them previously that were weaknesses are now assets. Yes. And then... They run out of the secret stuff. At the end of Space Jam. And they have to call a timeout. Mm Mm-hmm. Michael gathers them all around and is like, we can still win this. We're down by... 10 points, but we can still win. And they're like, no, we can't. And he's like, it was never about the secret stuff. It was about believing in yourself and believing you are strong. Mm-hmm. And they're like, okay, but do you believe in us? Right? Yes. And to prove yes. how much he believes in them, Michael goes up to Mr. Swackhammer. Mm-hmm. And makes this very upsetting deal where if he loses, he will go to Moron Mountain and be a basketball-playing entertainer slave. He'll be enslaved. He'll be enslaved. Yeah. 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 And this is, like, I feel like we got to go here, right?
0: So it should be, like, Because I Believe. It should be called, like, Because I Believe.
1: Yeah. And, And that pumps the 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 looney tunes up they're
0: they're just like somehow that works and they save the day they save the day by like doing their looney tunes shit so then um well (laughs) we've set up bill
1: murray and um well no i think i think i think what happens okay this is what i think what needs to happen so he he sings this because i believe song they're down by three points. There's like seven
0: seconds we, left. They're like, we got this. We're going to win this game. And then the ref, Marvin the Martian, who we haven't talked about, which is a sin because he's amazing. <laughs> Marvin the Martian is like, oh, you're going to have to uh, call the game because you don't have five players. Right? Well, yeah, which is a horrible moment now
1: because they are all like, there's, the stakes are so high and they feel like they finally And they're like, can we're going to do it. They're going to do it, but they can't unless they have a fifth man. We hear, put me in. Echoing from somewhere in the stadium Yeah And they're like Tweety? Tweety? No It's Bill Murray He walks in Yeah The crowd goes fucking crazy for Bill Murray
0: Yeah Of course The only other thing that (laughs) (laughs) Something that is kind of interesting in Space Jam Is that Bugs Bunny tells Michael Jordan That he can become a cartoon that's why he can stretch his arm. I feel like that's a deus ex machina when we need it, we need it to
1: be about them believing in themselves. Him with the long arm is, is iconic. We have to well, do yes, that. Yes, of course. But like, do we want to introduce the wrench of he could cartoon himself or do we just want to like pick up the idea that they can do anything they believe in? Bill Murray comes in, they inbound the ball. They're like, I believe I can steal the ball. So they steal the ball uh, t- uh, Lola Bunny's like, I believe I can defeat this monster. She defeats the monster that gets the ball to Michael. He says, I believe I can stretch my arm. And it happens and he dunks. Oh, okay. Got it. <laughs> so we just like really yeah, yeah, sort yeah. of like blow up the idea of, I- if I believe it, I can do it.
0: Yeah, I think that's <gasps> good.
1: And then, so then they win. Here's what I think should happen like after they win the game. So they've just had this sort of like, because I believe was like a solo of Michael Jordan's that sort of like expanded into this like bigger moment of the whole team believing in themselves and beating the Monstars, right? Yes. So they defeat the Monstars. I think what really needs to happen here is the five Monstars struck by this idea that all you have to do is believe and that can set you down a road of like what you need can use that as sort of like, we believe we don't have to do Mr. Clackhammer's deeds. We believe in ourselves. We believe we can overthrow him.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Then I do think it's important that they realize that it was wrong of them. That they, that they were being Mr. Swackhammer. They yes. were taking somebody else's. Right.
1: And they, and they know it won't be easy to fix their prop, what they've done. But they're going to do it. And they're going to work to doing it. They're going to face the people they've wronged. They're going to return their talents through the ball. Is this a reprise of Touch My Ball? The nerd touch my ball, return the talents (laughs) to the basketball players with Michael there. Michael is so happy to see them playing basketball again. And the five basketball players all say, well, yeah, we love to play with you because, like, you are why we are – you made us who we are today. We watched you. We loved watching you play. You taught us – like, you inspired us. Michael realizes he could inspire people all along through basketball. Lights go down. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Jordan, Space Jam reprise with everyone just doing aerial flips and dunking. Great!
0: It's a Space Jam reprise.
1: Yeah, and it's just chaos. It's just like my, the <laughs> actor playing Michael Jordan and a hundred puppets on trampolines dunking, flying through the air.
0: <laughs> yeah, and it's like ten minutes, and like people are losing people their minds. Come out with
1: t-shirt cannons and shoot them at the
0: audience. <laughs> Yeah, it turns into a branding nightmare. We
1: bring all of the characters from the 90s montage earlier on. We bring out the the Boy Meets World cast and NSYNC and they're dunking. Yeah. We invite all of the little kids in the audience on stage to dunk.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's just called dunk. And I don't even know
1: if if the reprise needs to be 10 minutes long. I think it's just on repeat until people want to leave.
0: Until people are done watching, yeah. the
1: entire audience is brought on stage and they just get to dance and play basketball. It's like Fuerza Bruta, but better because it's just Space Jam. (laughs) I think you just are playing Welcome to Space Jam over and over again, like at my play date 20 years ago. Oh, it's all, it's come full circle. And then, yeah, if if you, like me, love the song, you stay for 10 hours.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's the best song.
1: (laughs) Okay, casting for Michael Jordan. The most impossible casting (laughs) challenge to date. How do you cast Michael Jordan? Yeah, like what even is this assignment? Do you think Michael would do
0: it? (laughs) I feel like we kind of just have to get Michael. You think we have to get Michael Jordan? I know it's a cop out, but like, what are we going to do? Who's his understudy then? (laughs) Billy Porter.
1: Billy Porter. Oh, that's great, actually. Right? Billy Porter plays. Okay, so for Michael Jordan, if we couldn't get Michael Jordan,
0: Billy Porter as Michael Jordan would be amazing. Uh, that's like th- now it's become three brandings. It's become <laughs> Looney Tunes, Looney Tunes, Michael Jordan, and like the Billy Porter Empire. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Do any of the other characters need casting?
0: No, I think. Like, who plays
1: Bugs Bunny? What a what a challenge! Yeah. Like maybe SpongeBob himself. Um, oh, Ethan Slater! Ethan yeah. Slater can play Bugs Bunny. Not to not to box you in, Ethan. I'm sure you you can play roles that aren't famous cartoon characters. Cartoon but. characters.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I think the rest of them are like just like talented
1: people. Talented people. That's how every project should be cast. Not by name, just <laughs> talented people.
0: All right. Do we recap now? I think we recap. The curtain rises on young Michael Jordan. Shooting some hoops in his small Midwestern backyard. We see this giant starry sky. This leads us into the opening number. Just one more shot. We go through his entire life of him continuing to make shots over and over again. He never misses one until he's on the free throw line for his last basketball game. And he finds out that his dad dies, tosses the free throw and misses the shot.
1: So after that, we jump cut to outer space to Moron Mountain, which is this evil amusement park where the boss, Mr. Swackhammer, is sort of bossing around his little minions, the nerd Lux, and he wants them to find a new attraction. So they go to Earth, and they, they're they looking for something nutty and something wacky in this song, and it takes them through, like, all sorts of, like, other elements of, like, 90s intellectual property. Like, are they going to take, like, NSYNC? Are they going to take Rugrats? And at the end, they realize what they really need for the amusement park is something loony, and they go to presumably kidnap the Looney Tunes and steal them away. Um,
0: And then we're back in Michael Jordan land, aka Earth. He has stopped playing basketball, and now he's, like, wandering around the house, and it's the song that the kids sing called Daddy Sucks at Baseball. And
1: that cuts to Bugs Bunny is being held captive and, like, tied to a chair by all the evil nerd and he sings this classic Bugs Bunny, Ain't I a Stinker song, where he sort of uses the classic elements of Looney Tunes' trickery to escape from the chair, get them to the other Looney Tunes, and introduce this idea that they can't kidnap the Looney Tunes unless they beat them at something, and the Looney Tunes collectively decide they should beat them at basketball because the nerd are short.
0: Yes, because it is a Broadway musical, and a lot of people might not know how basketball works, the entire cast stops and explains how basketball works. It's called Basketball for Broadway. It's like a vintage commercial.
1: And then he goes to Bill Murray for advice and Bill Murray sings this sort of
0: Better Call Bill number, which is in the spirit of Mama Will Provide. So the Nerdlucks are like, well, we have to go and steal the talent of the best players in the world. And the aliens, the Nerdlucks, sing this song called Touch My Ball, which is a sort of Kurt Viley. Ursula-esque seduction song. Then we cut to the Looney
1: Tunes practicing basketball, and Tweety Bird really, really wants to play, and Tweety Bird sings this very earnest number called Put Me In, about how he wants the chance to play. Put me in,
0: I wanna play. I may be small, but
1: that's okay. And we split stage, where Bill Murray is also singing Put Me In to Michael. Yeah. Then... The aliens are going to show up in front of the Looney Tunes. They're going to put their hands on the magic ball, and they're going to transform into the Monstars, which makes the Looney Tunes realize they need Michael's help. They kidnap him from the golf course. He goes through this tunnel of grass hula hoops.
0: The Looney Tunes explain to Michael Jordan what is going on. Michael Jordan sings an emotional ballad called I Don't Play Basketball Anymore.
1: But he agrees to coach them, and we get this number that's just like a mashup of, like, 90s sports songs. And then the Monstars come in. They smack
0: Tweety Bird for no apparent reason. (laughs) And Tweety Bird is like in the palm of Michael Jordan's hand. So maybe this is an opportunity for Billy Porter as Michael Jordan to like sing as Tweety Bird. um, Because he's like puppeteering it as well, right? Great. Anyway, put me in reprise, open parentheses. Not even a
1: Reprise. Just like one line of put me in and dies. (laughs) And Michael Jordan
0: sings, I will play basketball.
1: End of act one.
0: Okay. Act two begins with uh, a newsreel about the pandemic. Uh, This is, uh, and it's a barbershop quintet between the five men who lost their talent, the five basketball players. And it's a song that takes us through trying to figure out how they can get rid of this, the song title, a devastating effect on our hand-eye coordination.
1: Um, Then the stage transforms into a basketball court because it's game time and all of Act 2 is the basketball game. Yep. And the Monstars sing the song called We're Gonna Fuck You Up where they just sort of (laughs) destroy the Looney Tunes over the first half of the game. They just really, really kick their ass and like explode them into blood. And we go to halftime,
0: very demoralized. And Michael starts singing like an inspirational song about how like they need to just like keep their head in the game. But Bugs Bunny interrupts with like a record scratch moment. And he is like a traveling salesman. He sings this like Pirelli's Miracle Elixir slash Music Man-esque song called Michael's Secret Stuff. And they all get really jazzed about it, which leads us into the moment people are literally like overheating, dying in the audience waiting for this, which is... It's Space Jam.
1: Yeah. It's just the Space Jam song, and it's great, and we all love it. And it's just, like, the Looney Tunes doing really well and sort of using what seems like weaknesses as strengths and almost catching up. They get to, like, within two points, and then the secret stuff runs out. Michael is like, you didn't need the secret stuff. It was fake. All you needed was to believe in yourselves, and this proved it. And to prove it to y'all how much I believe in you, he walks over to Mr. Swackhammer... And fully aware of the stakes of what will happen if he loses, he promises to take the Looney Tunes' place
0: if, he, if they lose. Yes, because I believe. But then we hear, put me in, echoed in the stadium, and Bill Murray shows up. There's this extension of the because I believe moment, and Michael Jordan, because I believe, I can fly through the air and extend my arm, I can do it. And he swoosh, nothing but net, all the characters win. Which inspires the Monstars so
1: much that they realize that they just need to believe in themselves, too. And they overthrow Mr. Swackhammer. Mm -hmm. And they go to the basketball players to give them back their talents in a song called Touch My Ball Reprise.
0: Blackout. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Jordan lights up. Michael Jordan comes out. Everybody loses their mind. A little boy walks on stage and says, "Um, Can I play the Space Jam song? (laughs) (laughs) Everybody get up. And then we play Space Jam, and uh, everybody's doing aerial flips. And (laughs) And the show literally never ends. They just
1: play that song on loop for as long as the audience wants to be there and dance. Yeah, and it's a great time. The end. That's Space Jam. That's Space Jam. And I'm going to just say something, and maybe this will be the last thought, or if you have more, you can add it. I don't think we're going to be able to get Michael Jordan to play Michael Jordan, but I think we can get Michael Jordan to direct it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Or it could be like a thing where it's like, it's like George C. Wolfe and And Michael Michael Jordan. Jordan directing Space Jam. And it's like the
1: entire advertising campaign for this Broadway musical is not about the musical. It's about he can play basketball. He can play baseball. He can act. And he can choreograph and
0: direct on Broadway. Yeah, 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 it's Michael yeah. Jordan. Also, Bugs Bunny gets a directing credit. Because why the fuck not? <laughs>
1: Okay, Kyle, welcome back. Thank you. Some time has passed. Kyle, you went away and wrote a song, and a lot of talented people took that song and made it into what we are about
0: to hear. Do you want to set the scene? Uh, well, first I should say, Sam is really proud of me. Sam and our producer. Everybody's really proud of me that I didn't write Touch My Ball. <laughs> so I'm just giving myself a little pat on the back. You're not about to hear Touch My Ball. Maybe someday. What you are about to hear is the song at the top of the second act of the five basketball players whose talents have been taken from them by the nerd looks. You've got Charles Barkley, you've got Patrick Ewing, you've got Sean Bradley, you've got Muggsy Bogues, and you've got Larry Johnson. And they're all commiserating with each other, and they're trying to figure out why they can't play basketball anymore.
1: So, without further ado, arranged and orchestrated by Nevada Lozano and mixed and produced by Regina Avarian. Here's Brandon Michael Nace, Blaine Alden-Kraus, Jimmy Nicholas, John Michael Reese, and Jason Veazey singing a devastating blow to our hand-eye coordination from Space Jam, the musical.
0: Mr. Barkley, you're saying a little child beat you at a game of this one und one? Tell me, how does that make you feel? Urban Dictionary defines Jones as an insatiable obsession but my obsession is taken a hit yeah my basketball Jones is replaced now with groans cause my game has turned to shit even dunk, who'd have thunk when I scrimmaged this girl? I just stink like a skunk. I got stuff like a bird. She said, You ain't Charles Barkley, <clears throat> you better be gone. She was five for not, but blocked my shot. How, How can, I can I go, go on? on? We ain't ballin' anymore. Shady situation How it happened, we don't know It's a devastating blow To our hand-eye coordination Dear God, if you're there Hear my prayer I won't swear anymore I'm a versatile guy I could try the Peace Corps I've always been so tiny tiny I could curl up in your lap Now Mugsy-Bose is struggling with new handicaps This disease is getting slow It's a tri-intimulation Something's messing messing with our flow It's a devastating blow our hand-eye coordination. I've been MRI, EKG, X-ray. Doctor, can you tell me what is wrong? Your levels are good. Um, is there anything else you cannot perform? What are you suggesting? Just asking a question. My libido is fine. I just can't get it up from the 3.9. We don't know where else to go. Now we're stuck. The source of disaggravating, irritating, suffocating, devastating oh, 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 To hand that coordination Looking into my crystal ball, I see little aliens forcing their way inside your bodies. They will need your talent to win a game against Bugs Bunny. I also see Michael Short being sucked down a golf hole by furry creatures. Let's, uh, try some acupuncture. Good idea. To a a hand-eye coordination.
1: so much for listening. If you enjoyed, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen, and leave us a review. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, at Insert Movie Here. Insert Movie Here is hosted by myself, Sam French.
0: And me, Kyle Wilson. We have a thousand thank yous. To all the incredible musicians on this week's song, a devastating blow to our hand-eye coordination is arranged and orchestrated by Nevada Lozano. Mixed and produced by Regina Avarian and mastered by Alex Nielsen. Singing are Brandon Michael Nace as Charles Barkley, Blaine Alden Krause as Patrick Ewing, Jimmy Nicholas as Sean Bradley, John Michael Reese as Muggsy Bogues, and Jason Veazey as Larry Johnson. Tim Heller voiced the Doctor and Alex Spieth voiced the Fortune Teller. Chad Smith on sax, Derek Anong on trumpet, Kenneth Johnson on trombone, Andy Einhorn on piano, Michael Bellar on Hammond organ, Louis Aronowitz on guitar, Michael Mastriani on bass, and Evan Hyde on drums. Special thanks to David Dabin for the theremin. Our theme song is produced by Andy
1: Einhorn, arranged and orchestrated by Nevada Lozano, mixed by Daniel Kluger, mastered by
0: Jessica Thompson, and music edited by David Davin. Will Blum on lead vocals, Lindsay Roberts, Zanny Laird, Jackson Perrin, and Adrian Rosa singing backup. Trevor Newman on trumpet, Rebecca Patterson on trombone, Chad Smith on sax, and Evan Hyde on drums. Our
1: logo is designed by Thomas Constantine Moore, incidental music arranged by Jeremy Robin Lyons, Our music supervisor is Andy Einhorn and our executive producer is John Albert Harris.
0: Thanks for listening. Tune in next week.